Reading tonight from the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 8, a couple of verses, verse 1 and 2. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and saith unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I'd like to uh, preface this tonight a little bit with a thought. The gospel is personal. We hear personal testimonies. Personal testimonies of Jesus Christ entering into a life and transforming lives, turning, turning things that weren't so good into something very real and very powerful and very genuine. Brother Steve and I go back a few years to Murfreesboro. And do you remember, Brother Steve, remember uh, work week? We had work week in, in May, getting the campgrounds there ready for a camp meeting. Brother Al came down to some of those and uh, others. And others that are here tonight remember the Murfreesboro experience. But we, we worked we worked during the day, and then I, we had probably something to eat. That was important. And we had so much energy left over, we went down to the school and played tennis. Boy, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I had enough energy to walk here tonight. And that's good. I was wondering about the multitude versus the personal. This scripture references the fact that Jesus ministered to the multitude. And yet, at the same time, though there'd be thousands of people that would come to see him, and probably didn't know who he was in many cases, but they came out of curiosity by word of mouth, and it was passed around the, the small country in which he lived, and, and but they came. And in, in this case, they came to this, uh, I think it was referred to as a wilderness area, and they were there so interested in what Jesus had to say that they, they didn't even have anything to eat for three days, evidently. And so they, Jesus was concerned about that. Jesus was concerned about the personal aspect of it, even their, their physical uh, need of food. He, he, he notified his disciples, and so they uh, found that there was a little bit of food available, and another miracle took place and evidently fed around 4,000 people. Just incredible. Don't want to miss that fact. It was personal to the multitude. The gospel is personal to you when you pray through to salvation. Probably the most personal time in your whole life, really, when you finally came to that place where you surrendered to God and He He, he made a change in your life, whether you were very young or older, there was a transformation of the person who you were to the new person you were in, in Christ. And that's, a, that's a wonderful a wonderful time and a wonderful experience. But sometimes I wonder if we don't think, we come to church and there is a, a good many number of people in church and, and we sit there in our designated pew. That's almost always the same one. And and we and you can't say much about that. The preachers usually sit in their designated pew too, you know. 
And we sit there and, and you might think, well, this is for everybody else but me. But it's not. It's for you. It's for me. It's for all of us. We have to accept the person of Christ on a regular basis, daily. We have to recognize that Jesus is interested in our, our daily walk. And he'll go before us and, and, and carry us through the day. And he's right there in a very personal, very real uh, way. And we want to uh, lower the barriers, so to speak, that we tend to put up for some reason. I'm not sure why we do that. But we, we put these barriers up against uh, getting too spiritual or something. I'm not sure what you call that. But we want to allow the Lord to do something in our lives. Now, is that just good for young people? I hope it's good for old people too. Because if I ever get old, I want it to be good for me too. You know, that the, the gospel will be personal and the Spirit of God will witness to my heart on a, on a regular, regular basis. And, and, you know, the Lord does not force us to do anything. He, he, well, the scripture kind of explains it a little better than I can say it. Uh, Romans 2, verse 4 says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? It's the goodness of God that, that leads everyone to a place where they can surrender to God. Whether they do or not, that's their choice. But, but the Lord leads people. He doesn't force people. He leads them. He influences us, and there's no question about it. We've had uh, maybe godly uh, grandmothers or, or friends or people from school that we knew that were, were Christians and lived a Christian life and we didn't understand what it meant altogether, uh, but there was a, there was a process going on that we were we were we were getting information that could lead us to a place of repentance and changing our mind about living the way we were so that we could live a new life in Christ. That's the goodness of God that does that. It even mentions in this particular verse uh, uh, the riches riches. Of his goodness. There's an abundance of his goodness. There's no shortage. Uh, forbearing and, and long suffering. Uh, the Lord put up with a lot in some of our cases uh, before we got to that place of a real surrender to his, his big plan. We're fortunate that he's personal. We like personal relationships. We do. We like meeting and greeting people and, 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 uh, and, and seeing people smile. Sometimes you have to, you have to kind of, you kind of have to make them smile. And, and they're, you know, you go to the grocery store and, and, uh, we do that occasionally. And, and there's people there that are just busy. They're busy. They're, they're putting away stock and they're, and they're, they're taking your order, you know, checking out. Of course, now it's self-check. You check your own self out. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Come to think of it, I better stop doing that because I like people. Although I do talk to the people at the self-check area. Come to think of it, but you you got to you got to make a connection with the people. You don't have to know them altogether. It's nice they have name tags. I like name tags, so you can call them by name. Uh, but sometimes you 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 got to get through to them in weird weird ways. I have actually I haven't tried this in recent years, but I, I remember trying this. 
I, I, I just, you know, you see that they're, they're distracted and you're trying to check out and you say, oh, I hope the, 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 I hope the rain doesn't wreck my permanent. And they look at me like, right. <laughs> we hope it doesn't permanent your, your, yeah, anyway. But, but you get their attention and then you might get a smile and, and you might not. Proverbs 18.24, 18.24. Sometimes there's a, a reference uh, about wanting to be closer to the Lord. You want to be closer to the Lord? Sometimes people's prayer is, Lord, help me draw near to you. There's songs, all kinds of music uh, that encourages drawing near to God, walking with God. Uh, uh, just being being right there where the Lord is when the Lord is there. He wants to be with us. But the scriptures always give us good indications. In this particular uh, verse, Proverbs eighteen twenty four says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. That's kind of obvious. You want friends, you've got to be friendly. Or at least try to be friendly, you know. Maybe this... Maybe you don't want to be friendly with some people, but uh, you, want to, you, want to, you want a friend. I've heard people actually say that. They like having friends. They want to have a friend or a friend. Well, the Bible tells us a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. But then it says this, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I think we know who there's references to if no from the Old Testament, from Proverbs. And Jesus is that friend, closer than a brother. I have a couple of brothers, and we're sort of close. He lives, one lives in California, and one lives in New Hampshire. So it's not a close thing that way. We've even moved into the new age. We can actually do Zoom. It is amazing. Once you get that phone of yours working, and you actually can see the people, and talk to your, your brother, and actually have a sister too, and so we, 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 we talk once in a while. Mostly we just text. And, 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 and you've texted before? You've, you've done that? Yeah, I guess some people have done that. It's really, really nice if you can, if it, if you can make it work. And you can, you can text people without, and it saves time. It actually saves time because if you call them, then you talk about all everything else except what you were you were going to call them about, and maybe you forget what you called them about. But if you text them, you just nail it. You know, you just really get down to business and and uh, and, and hit it out of the park. But it's good to know that that this is in the Bible. I looked up closer. Did you know that closer is only mentioned one time in the Bible? Right here, closer is right there in Proverbs. There's a friend that sticketh closer. Closer, closer. To have the Lord closer. To have closer. To, I, have to, I have to remind myself to put down my own barriers. To let the Lord be closer. We have to do that. We, we, maybe that's why we spend time in prayer. Is to, to um, undo the, the, the cobwebs of the day, of the world, of, of the troubles that people have, and just get closer to the Lord, and, and, and we, we submit our, our requests before God that He will meet that need that we can't fix. There's a lot of things we can't fix, but we can surrender them to the Lord and say, God, help those people. Help that sister, brother, somebody, somewhere else. Meet their need today. 
Talk to their heart. Lead them. Lead them to that place of repentance if that's what's required. Because we have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Remember the, the two fellows after Jesus was raised from the dead. They were walking on the road to Emmaus. And they, they probably recognized there's something different about this person that just showed up. And they walked with them and then they even they, they enjoyed it so much they, they wanted to have him stay and have something to eat. And that's something they got to it was personal. They had a personal time there. It wasn't the multitude, it was just the three of them, Jesus and these two. And and they, they got together for a short time and when they recognized who he was, he was gone. But he wasn't really gone. It was just gone for that that moment. And sometimes that's the way it is with us. The Lord sometimes might seem like he's gone, but he's not gone. He's right there. You've invited him into your life, not for something temporary. He's not a, a, a temporary uh, person. He's a full-time Savior. He's a personal Savior. Sometimes there's this business of personal trainers. They have a personal trainer. I guess that's uh, so they can exercise. I always thought that was the farm. That was plenty of exercise. There was no such thing as a personal trainer back in those days. But we, we had plenty of exercise. But Jesus is far more than that. He is a personal Savior. He saves. He keeps. He satisfies the desire of our heart. He helps us every day. He helps songwriters. He helps a person to write a song called Just a Closer Walk with Thee. That's that's the refrain of the song. It says, just a closer walk with thee. Grant it, Jesus, is my plea. Sounds very human, doesn't it? Grant, grant it. I, want, I need this. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord. Let it be. That's the desire of our lives, of our hearts. A Christian heart. A Christian heart doesn't stop crying out to the Lord for a closer walk just because it's a new day. We continue to seek the Lord that he'll draw us closer to him and we'll walk closer to him and we'll draw the strength that we need for the day from the Lord. He's a personal Savior. He's a personal Lord. He's a personal King. He has power to handle everything that we need handled and he can do that today. We're going to stand and sing a song, number 106.